0: To it. All right. Hey, what's going on?
1: hey, everyone. This is Aaron Ashy Simon.
0: This is Brandon Killer BH And this is Sci the Prince. You know what it is. <laughs> and
1: welcome to another episode of Grassroots Podcast. I know I have a typical tagline for it, but you know, I want to switch it up a little bit for our guests today. Yes. You know, it's about the stories of your past, your present, and your future. It's definitely, all about definitely. you. It's all about Sci High. Hey, yes. what's
2: going on, man? Sci the Prince. we in the building.
0: Yes. Happy about this. Uh, I am a big fan. Uh, I've been following you for quite some time, so I have some questions.
2: Yes, sir. Let's get them.
0: Uh, first, how are you? I'm great. I feel, like, I, I feel like you gotta ask those things. Uh-huh. Yeah. How are you? You know, is the family okay? How are mm-hmm. you mentally? Yeah. You're, you're. In, it seems like you're in such a positive space now, and you're just trying to tackle what you, you know, been mm-hmm. doing over the past few years.
2: Well, I'm, I'm in a great space. I've always been in a great space. Um, you know, I, I'm blessed just to be able to do music for a living. Even if you like, you know how you say, I might have had some rough times, you know what I mean? But through all of it, you know what I'm saying? I've still been able to stay true to myself, still be able to do my craft, and still be able to like take care of my family. Not probably high as much as I want to, but mm-hmm. we straight. So mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing. Dope.
1: And how does it feel? You got your debut album. Mm-hmm. It's finally coming. Finally. Yes, it's finally yes. here. Finally. Yes, finally. finally. It's,
2: it's so crazy because the thing that I did with this album no dope on Sundays that's the name of the album but uh okay. the, the album I did what it, I went back to since this is my first album I didn't want to rap about where I'm at now mm-hmm. because I never got to tell like the first part of my story mm-hmm. so this story is like about me between the ages of you know 15 to 21 mm-hmm. you know what I mean because by this being my first album I don't want to rap about everything I done now because it's like I skip all the story people don't know who this guy is so mm-hmm. It's kind of cool to me to be able to reminisce and really be able to, you know, take my fans back to a first album feeling and all the stories that I always wanted to give them prior to getting to where I am now. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's pretty cool. That's dope.
0: Now, as you're starting to write this cuz you obviously have a vision, you have a path on, you know, what you're looking on taking, mm-hmm. do you ever feel conflicted to kind of touch on some of the things that you've been through in your career? Like I know you want your your core audience and new fans to understand who you are. But I mean, there's so much other things that have happened throughout your musical career that are like amazing. Like you've been on some very big records. You have mm-hmm. a, a big association. You, you you know you've gotten kudos from the topest of top artists right, that are right, out right. there. So how do you kind of skim that back and just be like uh, let me give y'all the core first?
2: Yeah. Um. Well, with me, it's pretty cool. It's just you know I kind of try to take it one step at a time. I'm not really into like um. Music is different for me because. It's therapeutic. Even if I write it for myself, write it for somebody else. as Long as I'm still working, as, long as I'm not in the street. I'm good. Yeah, that's like my biggest. But so that's probably why people don't see. Me. Like, why you ain't tripping, man? I'm like, hey, man, listen. <laughs> I don't have to trap, bro. I'm yeah. I'm good. I could go write something for somebody. I could go be an intern. Whatever I could do to not <laughs> be where I was at, I'm good. So you know, I do take time to you know sit back and reflect. But it's always been positive vibes with me because I know. I was always one of the best rappers alive, and it would definitely stand the test of time. Agreed.
1: So I know your pre-order is coming on the 10th. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. And this podcast episode is not going to drop till after, so I always ask every single artist this question. Uh On this project, which song was the hardest for you to personally write?
2: What song was the hardest for me to personally write? Being that I don't have writer's block. um...
1: Well, hardest, I mean, in terms of like... Whether it's like an emotional experience, oh, it was 80, tough, okay, okay. it was well, cry, like song, in that aspect.
2: I have a song called 80s Baby that was, that's very touching, you know what I'm saying? Even not, for, not just for me, for the people in the room, I had a dude who played on the song. Uh, I want. I don't want to give away the concept, but it's called 80s Baby and it's very emotional, but the guy who played on the song actually lived what I'm talking about on this song. And it was so dope, I would love to... Um, well, the song is about me rapping from my mother's stomach. So my mom didn't know she had me till she was about six months. So mm. she was still partying and doing it. So by the time she realized she was pregnant, she's trying to go like eat all the carrots. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, it's Let me clean this shit up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like only four months left, <laughs> yeah. three months left. So, you know, so you gotta figure it out fast. But I was just thinking just on a, a on an inner city level of how many, you know, kids I've gone through that, just you know, moms. Being on drugs or whatever the case single parent mothers that contemplate you know having abortions all type of different you know mental aspects that come along with pregnancy for women, mm-hmm. so I wrote a song about it, and actually, the guy who was playing the trumpet on my album um his mom was kind of in a very public relationship, and he was the son that was kind of abandoned in that way, you know what I, mean? so I had to go do a lot of foster care and different things like that so as he's playing the trumpet, he's crying. Oh wow. And we trying to figure out what, wow. what's going <laughs> on. Lost, I know, like, I know yeah. it's like an emotional song, but I'm like, bro, you you, you straight, you know what I'm saying? You good. Yeah. But he just after he was done, he he one taped it too. As he's getting very uh, all emotional and shit. So he puts the trumpet down, like, we like, you know, we trying to, we don't know him that well. We trying yeah. to look at him. I'm like, that's that tripping, you know what I'm saying? But... <laughs> It's like, when he, we looked up, we're like, hey, man, how did you like the song? He's like, man, this is the most special song I ever played on. And I'm like, we like why, bro? He's like, man, because you know my mom is this and this. Yeah. And she dated this person. And, you know, I would love for him to tell the story. I wouldn't want to. Yeah, because I know he wanted to debut and release it himself. But the person that his mom was attached to was the biggest artist of all time ever in the world. So you guys probably know who that is. Oh, so wow. You know what oh, I'm saying? Man. So Uh-oh. at the end of the day, it was just... To go through that as a child and be in the public's eye and not be able to go to school mm-hmm. and his mom get you know have to go to you know I think jail or whatever I don't know where she went but he would just end up being a foster child and how he worked through it to be like a world famous musician he's been yeah. playing for Obama mm-hmm. and everything so it was just like that was a song that universally the whole studio just felt like man this is a this was a powerful record we yeah. did definitely.
1: That's definitely awesome. And do you feel like now that you're telling stories that you, most people probably don't even know about you, mm-hmm. are you are you a little nervous or, or afraid or, or just excited just to show this different side of you? Um. Well, I, you know,
2: a lot of people just know me as a prolific rapper, but they, you're right. They don't know my story because probably because the shadow of the people that I'm in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, got, you know, Kanye West is like the biggest artist. So, um, but definitely, it tells a lot about me and my my upbringing, and what makes me special, so definitely, I'm not nervous because I don't have any pride., like I drink a gallon of pride every morning, so you know I'm very transparent, I don't really have the issues that insecurities that other people have yeah. but I, I'm so in tune with the Lord, it don't even matter. you feel me, so it's just. You know. Amen. Cool. Yeah, amen to that. <laughs> gotta That's say amen yeah, after that. Absolutely. Absolutely. absolutely.
0: <laughs> so so speaking on that, like as far as shadows go, um, I want to touch on a few parts. So first part, um, Pusha T, Good Music President. Yes. Like, both of y'all are just God, like to me lyrically. Is it easy working with that type of level? Like when you when you have someone that kind of gets you on lyrically, right. is it easy to kind of mesh and he gets your vision and that, like how is that now versus when it was uh, you know early on?
2: Well, on this, you know, uh Pusha always been like the biggest advocate for side of Prince. He's like, if I had to say who's my best relationship with other than Kanye West, it would be Pusha T. Okay. So that's somebody that I've always had communication with. Super genuine guy. He just love real hip hop. And you know, ever since I met Pusher, he's just like, he's like, man, he's like so down to earth. He be like, dang, man, I'm like really friends with the I like when I first started trapping, the first album I bought was Lord Willing. Yeah. My first mission. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was like, that was on. It was like, man, this dude was just so amazing. Him and his brother. So mm-hmm. shout out to uh Pusher. But definitely, man, he was he's super cool. That's the that's the big bro.
0: Okay. All right. So second part. Um, not gonna touch really on the the fallout and all that stuff, right, right. but I do wanna know how did you guys then become amicable? amicable? Because you know, you obviously said some things, but then you you come back and now you guys are together. I, I was super surprised to even see ye on on the record. Right. And then I'm like, I'm I'm happy at the same time. Right, so I was right, like, right. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, Yes, they you they know, fixed it. it, they fixed it. But,
2: you know the, what? You know what's so crazy about that? It never was a problem. It's not. It's no problem you bring it up because it never was a problem. Mm-hmm. The thing was, Ye came to me with a project that he wanted to do. He wanted to beat it, Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. He knew he was very controversial. You not know Dr. Dre's, you know, slap on all this other <laughs> stuff, right? So, he's drunk driving, all that. And Ye mm-hmm. is similar in his own light. Yeah. So he was like, okay, I want to be that person inside. You be the Eminem of the, the project, and we gonna put this project together. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And that was just, I had like four, we started on like three, four songs. We just never finished it. So uh, okay. when the Drake and okay. Meek beef was going on, I was like, man, I didn't like that it was beefing because I like Meek and I like Drake, but I like—I really like Meek. You know what, yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, man, I was like, okay. So I just put out like a parody beef. Like I thought that people was going to catch that it was like, yeah. you know, imminent. But the thing was that my fans have been so adamant, everybody, that was a, a topic that everybody wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So once I spoke on it, it just the way I spoke on it, the way I, you know, articulated it, it made it seem real. Like yeah. and I was yeah. like, damn. I, I,
0: I believed it." Right. That,
2: that's <laughs> what I'm saying. So the the thing the thing is well, I was like, "Man, I'm I'm really that good where and it, and one thing it is, I mean, they take every word I say serious." Mm-hmm. I'm, and I I respected that. I respected that motherfuckers don't don't play when they listen to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That ain't to be cool, crump. It's like, saha on. Everybody shut the fuck up. Side on. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I kind of like that respect. So I like yeah. that people was like taking it serious. But no, nah, we was always solid. I played him. He, he been new to the record. He, he had a verse to it. He just didn't never finish it.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was just
2: different things like that. We just never finished never the album. Right. Yeah. But I didn't want to waste it. Plus I was stuck on this label. I'm just like, man, I can't do nothing. I might as well just give it away. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's how it was.
1: Is there ever like this hard kind of like balancing act like of course like Yi is one of your big fans, you've worked with them so many times but then of course like you have the business side that you can't always control like right, you right. had your situation with Def Jam, mm-hmm. um, I don't really necessarily know what happened with Good Music but now mm-hmm. you're with Sony through mm-hmm. this project. Mm-hmm. So as an artist, like how do, you, how do you deal with where it's like, yeah, you got someone like Kanye and you got someone like Pusha T that you want to work with, but then it's like the business side, it's just really just mm-hmm. not cutting it. Because I know like Big Sean had issues with that too in right, 2009. Right.
2: right. Well, it, my situation was a little different because people didn't know I was signing a Convict before I was signing Ye. Mm-hmm. So I, when Ye discovered me, I was on Convict. it mm-hmm. just Convict didn't like what kind of, the kind of music I was doing because... I was like very anti-trap. I just loved how I sounded on hip-hop beats. Yeah, and you know, being from Atlanta, it's like, bro, we that's, need you to. That, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, like, bro, what are you doing? I'm like, bruh, I'm <laughs> rapping. They're like, they're like, nah, bro, we need you to rap on this. We like, I'll be like, but they signed me when I brought them. I did my hip-hop stuff. They thought yeah. I was the greatest rapper alive, But yeah. once they signed you, it, they'd be like, okay, now we need this. Yeah. And that was just something I was battling with, like, bro, I want to do hip hop though. Yeah. And, you know, what I mean? or or just something that's just genuine to me, or I feel like sound good with me. So in a nutshell, it just got to a stalemate with, with Convict. And then I was signed to con- on through Def Jam on Convict. Mm-hmm. And then that regime of LA Reed and Boo and them, they mm-hmm. kind of left. And then right before they left, that's when Kanye found me. Mm-hmm. So Kanye, like, yo, come over here and kick it with me, come right with yeah. me. Like, ooh, ooh. ooh. So I'm like, okay. So I go over there and write with them. Yeah. Now it's like a power struggle. It's like, okay, do we drop them? Yeah. No, we can't do that. He's like working yeah. And it's like convicting them side, like, nah, that's our artist. So nah, we ain't letting y'all have that.
0: Oh, so you was in a big label yeah. tug of war at yeah. this exactly. time. Exactly,
2: because I wasn't, because I didn't, I didn't do a deal with Ye until two and a half years of knowing him. Oh
0: shit! So wait, yeah. I thought
2: the from the rip you was nah. Saying. I was. He seemed because the thing was. My label kind of banned me. They was like, you don't do the type of music we want. and I was still signing them. So I just went oh, in, got with Yellow okay, Wolf okay. and Pills and dudes who did more of my style of got music. You, gotcha. You, got you. We did a little, you know, a little thousand dollar video, yeah. put it up. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, this dude on the third verse is incredible. So yeah. he put it on his Tumblr, then he put my own video up on his Tumblr. And then I was just like, man, let me go out there. So I went out there and we started, I just started all helping him just like brainstorm, create, We talking mm-hmm. about different styles and genres of music, mm-hmm. it just started like that. And That's it crazy. became cool. So it was never... Yeah. I was signed. So the, in a nutshell, it was just, you know, the regime's changing and me doing, being different. But once I got with Ye, it started, it was slowly but surely getting me out of it because people started understanding what type of music I want to do and also helped mm-hmm. me get off of that. You know what right. I'm saying? Get to something else. And it's still good music. My situation is similar to Travis. Like mm-hmm. Travis Scott is signed an epic Sony.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what
2: I'm saying? But I'm signing Sony as well. So it's like, we still good music family. You know yeah. what I mean? We just yeah, pull up. Yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? So yeah. that's how it is. I just wanted my own machine to go all for Saha. Yeah. I feel you. I'm a I little selfish. It.
1: There's nothing wrong with being <laughs> selfish. word at this, at this point in the game. In you, this you, juncture. Uh, you, 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 you need to be selfish. <laughs> right. You need right. to be selfish. Right. Right. Exactly.
0: So, so that was going to be my next part of this. You've already answered it be it you saying I'm a little selfish. It's
1: transparency.
0: Yeah, at what point did you really start to feel like, all right, y'all niggas don't get it. I'm nice, I'm putting out records, but I'm not getting the backing that I want and or need to be successful. At what point did you just kind of wake up and just be like, all right, you know what? I got I got to do my own thing. I got to just move. Well, you know,
2: one thing I my fans wanted more from me, but the crazy thing is I couldn't I never got paid for my music. So it was just like, how can I do it? I got to do what gets me paid, and that's working with Ye. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to do more for my fans because they think my music is so therapeutic. It's only so much I can get Ye to say or ideas I can give him because he didn't live the life I live. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's guys going through real things that listen to my music that need that. So my thing was like, okay, I wrote all these records, You know, Ye was doing his fashion thing. I was like, okay, well, it gives me time to go back and revamp my situation and do my Because at the end of the day, it's like you could you could be on a Ye song that you know you're gonna sell five million copies of, mm-hmm. or you can do your own song that you may sell a quarter million half a million of yeah, mm-hmm. so a lot of artists like i mean, is he when Ye come out of the album for me, it's definitely the equivalent that I came out with, the album. Yeah. Like we so close and we just yeah. work so well together, so it' it never it never phased me, I never got emotional about it, mm-hmm. like when you heard Elephant in the room, that was like a parody of my. My fans always see me like, man, when Ye gonna put that out? I'd be laughing like, man, they don't even know it's
0: not even Ye's it's not even his fault. It's like
2: but they gonna blame it on him, innit? Cause they feel like he got the power to do anything.
0: That's the public perception though. They look at it like, all right, you have Sean, you, uh, push, uh, Tiana Taylor, Uh and then designer. And it's like, all right, all these other people, they they're kind of moving. And it's like, you were put on this pedestal on the God of All God records, it's mm-hmm. like, what's happening? Like Why are we not getting nothing? Because the, th- the difference
2: between me and a lot of other guys, I really spent a sober life in the trap. Mm-hmm. And the shootouts and the fist fights and the drug charges and all that accumulated. To even serve everybody in the room waters was good for me. Mm-hmm. Like just to bring everybody water, crackers, whatever y'all I need I, to be a runner. Yeah, I was cool with that. So I, you know, you guys might be like, man, you should be trying to do, this, do, this. I was just happy I was out of the street or the situation okay. I was in. Yeah. So I, it might be my fault yeah. that I wasn't more adamant to be like famous or like, yeah. you know I me. Mean? I was just happy that I was out of my situation. So. You know, it is partially my fault that I didn't step up and say, "Hey,
0: man, I think I need to be this." <laughs> no, I think now as you say that, I just don't think you think you're as nice as you are. <laughs> no, I, like, no, I
2: do, but it's just my personality is like humble. I'm in the room. Like dudes come in the room trying to get pictures with Yay Ye and yeah. What have you
1: seen? I just ain't that type of guy. He's kind of like me. Is like you know, off in the you know, off in the corner, in the chilling. Yeah, like, okay. and... Because that's what I'm trying to say.
2: Because I came from like he saved me from something that. I don't care if I got music or not. Yeah, I can just feed my family. Mm-hmm. I can be positive. I ain't got to sell my soul, my mm-hmm. integrity, and yeah. I can do it whenever I want to. That's why, you know what I'm saying, I'm comfortable with where I'm at. Now, this is for the fans. Mm-hmm. This is I mean, it's for me as well, but it's for me to give to my fans. So that's what this is about. It's not really about, you know, I mean, being successful is just living life, yeah. waking up every morning and being yeah. an inspiration to somebody. Mm-hmm. So that's what
1: so with this with this project that you have, like I could definitely say you are completely underrated. Like, thank, you, thank you, you. are one of the top lyricists right. out there. Thank you. And um, do you feel like there's some people that just may not jump on the I hate to say, it, but jump on the bandwagon with your project yet? Because it's like they're so used to you being a songwriter. Uh-huh. It's like might have forgotten that you're also your own artist, your own identity, mm-hmm. because it's like a lot of the work that you've done, it's always been correlated with Kanye, right? right, right. But it's like now you're off on your own. Anytime you mm-hmm. hear sci-high or you're seeing your own lyrics, it's associated with Kanye, right, right, right? So, like, how is it now? Like, are people going to be Pleasantly surprised, or you think that you're going to prove pe- people wrong, that you show that you're not underrated, that you're just up there with everyone else with this project?
2: Right. Well, I've always had a, a cult following where I have my fan base that know I'm the one of the dopest lyricists ever. Yeah. Now I'm actually being able to reach the masses, mm-hmm. where people that, the general public, say, hey, what's this? Let me click on it. I never got the general, hey, listen it's always been on like a mixtape site, some mm-hmm. underground site, yeah. where you're going to get it from there. Now it's like, I got a million and a half dollar marketing budget. Nice. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Where I only had like a $5,000 marketing budget out of my pocket <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like different. That's, you know what I mean? That's so, right. Trust me, we know. You know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? So that's the only thing. But people, people know me if you're into hip hop. You really know. But just the general public... This is the first time they'll be hearing me, so that's why I didn't want to start my story here. I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of give them the, you know, the whole story from the beginning. So that's why it's no dope on Sundays.
0: Hey. <laughs> now, uh, so present day, right? Um, what are your takes on just music? And just the way it, it, it's going now, as far as like the type of music music that's being made and stuff like that. How do you think you're going to be able to kind of bridge the gap? Because I'm I'm a big fan of just lyricism and stuff like that. I'm not really a big, uh, I guess you know what I mean. Like, uh, new wave, yeah. yeah, new wave type of rapper. Good, good, good. good Clean up. There's, There's moments for those. There's moments. But how do you how do you think you'll fit in um, amongst lyricists and and just kind of striving and and, and keeping that going?
2: Well, man, I like to tell kids a lot, man. A lot of people like I'm from Atlanta, so I know these dudes. I know we the finesse capital of the world, but I know we got a lot of cash. But one thing a lot of kids don't know that the richest artists in the music industry are not from Atlanta. People think that the guys in Atlanta are richer than Chance mm-hmm. and J. Cole and Kendrick. They just don't wear it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I'm a lyricist, and I wear jewelry. I want to show kids like, no, we are, we are successful. We ain't mm-hmm. just, you know, they just on another plight right now. You know, they just on the dreadlock. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Pro-black, hippie type <laughs> shit. Me, I'm from the hood. I'm i I'm I'm from Atlanta. I'm from the urban community. Yeah. I want to show them that using your pen and using your mind, you can be successful. Mm-hmm. You ain't gotta go sell a bunch of dope, then try to get your record on. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think not only am I Saha the Prince, but I also a trailblazer for guys like G, Jid, mm-hmm. guys like Rory, yeah. you know Donald Glover, you know mm-hmm. I me, mean, Childish Gambino. I was the first one trying to rap rap from yeah. Atlanta, like other than like that was successful, like a Ti or something. Yeah. But yeah. me, I was just undeniably trying to rap. So in a nutshell, I just think our music is is it will always stand the test of time. It'll always be the music that if you ever want to know what was going on really socially you know, spiritually, in the community, politically, what was going on in 2014 or 2017, yeah. you can go to that humble, that, that Kendrick album, Damn, and you'll say, okay, that was what it was. And this is, could be 2,000 years from now. Yeah. That was other songs that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, whatever swag, <laughs> punk rock songs, yeah. y'all like them, punk rap, that's what I call it, <laughs> punk rap songs, and some dudes jumping on stage. But when, when it's all said and done, it's on a serious level, and they say... What what was the world like back then? They're gonna go to artists like me, Cole, you know what I'm saying, uh uh uh, Kendrick for that that real information. So I'm a lyricist could never die. You see guys like K R S one, man, he sells out man, I went to a venue, it's a five thousand cap. This bitch is packed. I'm like KRS one? He's still
0: selling out you got people like that though, like that's why I always say, like, real artists like that. Not to discredit anybody else, but artists like that that kind of build a, a path and and have a cult following and have like really deep meanings to their lyrics. Mm-hmm. I think they will last forever. Yeah, they're still touring. Fire. they're still touring. Yeah, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. They're, Turn,
1: like, they're doing it's... it. You see, like freaking Aretha yeah. Franklin's out yeah. there. Yeah. Even even yeah. Effects is still touring. Like people
2: on yeah. it's a lot of artists that came out with hit records for my city that, you be like, dang, like you was super rich, super famous. Now you're yeah. like, "Yo, what's good, bro?" Yeah. And me, I just been So, I'll take I'll take that before yeah. I take all this money and then lose it all or mm-hmm. I'll just be myself and do what I do and and you know, eventually, you know, we touch a soul, touch a
1: soul, touch a soul, yeah. touch a soul. Do you think it's going to be kind of hard uh, in a sense to kind of like push that message where it's like you don't need to trap in order to do your music? And I guess in the way it's like you know, now labels, they don't necessarily do development. It's like they expect you to be at a certain point point, then they'll come in and it's like if you don't have that money to get to that point, it's a little bit harder. So how could we like better get that message across but also provide help or resources so these kids understand like you don't have to trap to get $5,000 to then do an album and then trap more just Mm -hmm. so a label can just come to you and be like, wow, you got these big fans and this big following but it's like you did all, you sold all those drugs, you sold crack just to get to that point.
2: Well, that's the thing that that's what, that's why I said the biggest problem is the record label and, like you said, the artist development because you got to think about how many young thugs I know, mm-hmm. how many YFN Luchis and how many, you know, Migos I know that's just in prison. Mm-hmm. That rap that was mm-hmm. just trying to run up a bag real fast. Man, I got to go sit down and do five, bro. By the time they get out, they 8 35 trying to steal rap, but it's just like, it's like, dang! If a label come down, like you see this hub of uh, energy in um, Atlanta, you see all these great artists. Universal haven't put a building down there yet. Def Jam had, they don't have no building. Nobody. I'm
0: like, Hi. wait, Def Jam South, no? No, ain't no, ain't no office building. Like, you know how you
2: can go to like uh, Universal and you just walk. Yeah. Hey, I'm at Universal. Like, and
1: they have office in LA. Yeah, they yeah. got an office
2: in LA, but
1: they don't have one they in Atlanta. They don't have a location. Nobody. Know. Yeah.
2: Sony, nobody. Which well, yeah, like. Yeah. You, it's crazy because all these dudes take penitentiary chances to get themselves on. Where it don't matter about the quality mm-hmm. of the music; it's about who gonna make the more penitenti- take the more penitentiary chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So now, once we start getting executives in Atlanta and real music people that could come down, they start hiring more young guys like y'all, you guys here that mm-hmm. know about the culture. See, mm-hmm. They don't want to give you a job; they'd rather <laughs> give you some intern job like type up the schedule for, you know what I mean, some yeah. artists. No, A&R jobs, you know what I mean, uh, mm-hmm. artist development jobs. And that's how we get, you know, incredible artists to come out of Atlanta. So, like I said, it's really the label's fault because they just cut that budget just to yeah. and make dudes risk their life for it. So, yeah. I mean, that's why I'm here to kind of show them, like, it's real talent in Atlanta. It's real culture. It's real everything. Yeah. So, make sure you, you know, treat it as such.
1: Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel about the drug wave? That's going on. Like you got artists that are talking about Xanax and yeah. all these different drugs now.
2: But we always had that. Like, like, I, like I always look at punk rock is the same thing that all the drug waves. I ain't nothing but punk rock, heavy drums, mm-hmm. screaming, mm-hmm. jumping up and down, stage diving. We always had that. It's just we call it rap. Like rap is such a see the thing is they like to the pigeonhole us. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's it's different genres of R&B. Different genres of know I me mean, uh uh rock. But they wanna get rap. Everybody in the same lane. No, it's it should be punk rap, it should be alternative uh hip hop, it should be just straightforward pop or, or popular rap. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Mm-hmm. You gotta start breaking it since we so popular and and music, we're like the number one, you know, streaming music as far as R and B blues R&B or whatever. Go, yeah. It's just rap is the number one selling music. So now we were so rap was so young because it's only like what, forty four years old.
1: It's fairly
0: really young. 40. Yeah, 40. 40.
2: Yeah, 44. 44. It's 42 or 43. One or two Yeah, so like Between yeah. 40, and 45. Like, like you know what I'm saying? My old my old man, older than that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So it's like <laughs> we still a young genre. So mm-hmm. now it's gonna start branching into different categories. So it can kind of expand the genre into
1: different places.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, um, as you start to approach this this next album, uh, I'm I'm assuming you've changed your team, you've changed the mindset. How do you how do you guys handle uh I guess the the scrutiny at this point like when you got like for example like a everyday struggle Joe had some comments about it but I think mm-hmm. it was more so trying to get you to because right. he's a fan that's how do you guys handle that do you guys kind of address it or do you guys say I mean like I said like the like, music will speak for itself
2: I can't take none of that personal that's like people talking about me positively or negatively was on my contract mm-hmm. like once I saw they it, it say hey man and P S motherfucker gonna talk shit about you Negatively <laughs> and positively. X sign here for X amount of dollars. You yeah. what I did? What a P in that. Okay. Oh, <laughs> ah, there you go. You know what I mean? So I yeah. don't trip on. You know what I mean? A lot of people just don't know my situation. Mm-hmm. They just know I'm the best rapper alive, and they trying to figure out why I ain't came out. And that's yeah. why. You know I'm doing this music like I'm doing it now, but it's never it's never been a situation with me like. Even with Joe, it's all good. You know, mm-hmm. he just don't understand my situation. He don't know the so, whole situation. You know what I'm saying? When I go like he, I see something about my single Taylor Swift response and all this, I'm like, I don't even listen. I don't even listen to the radio. Like, I don't listen to nothing. I don't even I I don't know one Taylor Swift song. <laughs> like I be hearing Ye talk about that shit. I, I don't know these people. He be Elon Musk and
0: and <laughs> like went to the, you know am saying like I don't and you like kid. nigga I'm just trying to rap, trying to <laughs> <me the boom laughs> rap. I
2: don't even know these folks like I love them to death but I don't know if he be following I don't know her you know what I'm saying yeah. so you know what I mean so like hilarious. so I don't know if he was talking about somebody or not I don't know I know I got a verse yeah. yeah. you know what I mean so that's what I did so I don't, that's why I'm saying people don't know. I don't be into that.
0: So I have another question: musical inspiration, because this is something I don't know. Right. that's Public. Who's some of your biggest music inspir- uh, inspirations outside of like, yeah, I'm sure. Just okay. naturally. Right. 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 A connection.
2: Well, I grew up on gospel and, and blues and jazz, so okay. that's kind of where my like my soulful side comes from music. But my top five rappers was uh, my top number one is Jay Z. I just thought he was just the greatest things to ever touched the face of the earth. Okay. Um, Mystical, mm-hmm. TI, mm-hmm. Pac, and uh and Eminem. Nice. So that's like that's my combination. Then you know I got honorable mentions like Scarface and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. But I the thing is, I couldn't listen to rap until I was about 15. So I left my mom's crib. Mm. Like it wasn't no ain't no rap, nigga. You might get a shit slapped
0: <laughs> out you <in> your head <laughs> trying to
2: listen to a rap song. So that's why my style is different because I wasn't influenced by nobody. Like, I used to listen to UGK, Pastor Troy, you know what yeah. I mean? Triple C. Mm-hmm. That's what we went to the club to and listened to. But when I bought my first CD and started listening to music, it was like Nas, Jay-Z. Because I always thought, damn, they can do something I can't do. Yeah. Like, all the Southern rappers to me, I felt like I could do that record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when I, But when I heard Nas, I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just can't. Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt, I can't do that. Yeah. And that's yeah. what set me into like, no, I can do that. And yeah. I just started, That's what made me. That's what intrigued me. And I wasn't a good reader in school, mm-hmm. so this was my way of like. They used to pick on me like what they'll do would be like man when I was being bad in class my teacher would be like so they'll stand up and read the third chapter and I would be like. Okay. Bill said <laughs> what he was going to, like low, so people started laughing so the way I worked on my diction and my vernacular was you know getting in the you know dictionary reading different books and just kind of start writing these raps and these poems. Yeah. And I taught myself to kind of be as prolific as I am.
1: So for someone who just started listening to hip hop when he was 15 years old, obviously that means you've been uh, around a, a plethora of different music and sounds. So I'm guessing the sampling on your project is pretty nice. Yes, what yes. What is, what is a, an R&B song or just any song in general that you sampled on your project that that you are excited or or you love or you want people to know about. That
0: he got cleared.
1: <laughs> yeah. That he got cleared. It's feel like it, it's yes, like that's shit. definitely of uh,
2: uh man. You know what? Off the top of my head, it's so many uh uh man, it's just not coming to me. Well, we we did we did sample some George Clinton on the album. Um we did sample some oh, you know what? Jay Z cleared the sample for me. Really? And that was the biggest thing. Like, I was like, I know I ain't getting it.
1: How how did that, how did that go <laughs> I, down? And
2: the, the guy just working. Like even though that's my partner, but you think reasonable doubt. Like I'm not giving nothing from that album, unless oh, wow. it's special. You cannot get no sample. Yo, from that's that. dope. Man, I got a sample for reasonable doubt, boy. I better quit playing. With it. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I mean I have so many because you know we my producers did so much stuff, but I just feel like. It's a great. Uh, I just can't get the names off the top of my head because I got so much, so many raps. I got. I mean, it already
1: sounds pretty good already. I was going to
2: say,
0: I'm, I'm good there.
2: I'm saying? Like I was like, man. Oh, you know what? Kurt Franklin cleared the sample. <laughs> oh. Kurt Franklin cleared the oh, sample.
1: Oh wow.
0: Exactly. I'm really interested
1: what in this project. It?
2: Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. You know I mean? Excited. I got a lot of dope stuff, man. It's, it's a different sound. It's and it and it shows. I want this album to show. All the different type of music I can do because my next album is gonna be very strict. Like, they're gonna be very one sounded, one producer. So, I just did this album, this first album, to kind of give me a broad horizon of and give the fans what I'm gonna be bringing to them next and shortly.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I mean, the, the, I guess the last thing, um, what else is next for you? You know, you have your album, you, you clearly are in a great space, which I'm happy about. Um, what's next?
2: Well, for Sahai after no dope on Sundays, it will be out. Uh, pre-orders go up on the went out on the 10th and um on the 17th, the album will be out. But um what's next for me is I'm gonna give you guys uh three to four more albums in the next eighteen months. Shit. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. Cause you gotta think about it. I haven't been able to give out no music so he likes it. You get an he's album, like, you get an yeah, album, yeah,
1: you get an yeah, album. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: It's going down, it's going down. Um I got a uh a a project I'm doing with Ye that's all produced by him. He's doing that oh, for wow. every artist on the wow. label. So Sean got one that's gonna be exactly produced by him. Push's next album is strictly produced by him. Tiana's okay. strictly. So Kid Cudi's strictly. Nice. Man, he, wow. he got he does like ten beats a day. Like you should see. He got two ARS, whatever they call beat machines. Excuse me. you Like I, cause I, I didn't come around that era. Like mm-hmm. I came yeah. around. Little, he did a little producing on My Beautiful Daughters and but. I never seen them cook it up like how you used to cook it up. Yeah. yeah. It's like I understand why people say they want the old I, that yeah. Me, yeah. I never made me I haven't understood <laughs> it until the last time when I didn't seen them making beats. I was like, That's crazy. Okay, Uh-oh. I get it. I get it. So yeah. So after this, um, yeah, we working on Yay album now oh. and um we working on my next one and you know that's that's about it. But I definitely will have three to four albums to you in eighteen months. Dope.
1: Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming thank on Grassroots.
2: You, thank Podcast. You. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate I'm you. Grass, I'm from the grassroots <laughs> for real. So you know I, it was perfect for me. Pleasure meeting you guys. Once again,
0: grass. I'm Brandon Killer BH. And
1: I'm Aaron Ashley Simon. And, and I'm that- Saha, let me go to put that in no dope on Sunday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we out. All right.